Hello and welcome to the Mojo Podcast, part of Mike's Open Journal. Here we're going to be talking about mental health and all things related. That includes illness, wellness, stigma and support, and importantly some of your very own personal stories. I want to thank you for being part of Mike's Open Journal as guests, as visitors, as speakers, as listeners. Welcome to the world of mental health. And remember, you're not alone out there. These are real people. They do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. She's not a great match for me, and that's okay. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so they can't appreciate, yeah. It's difficult dealing with our minds. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. I feel like a lot of the friends that I did have have sort of stopped speaking to me because of it. And the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. Not only did this help me to write it, Mm. it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. And she was like, can you tell me a bit about what's going on? So I told her everything and her face dropped. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. And I think people realise how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, and then they want to talk about it. Hello and welcome to the Mojo Podcast and to episode 137, I don't know why we do that individual number stuff, but sometimes we do. I hope you're having a great week, um, I hope the weather is good for you, thank you for continuing to download, hopefully you're subscribing, uh, and if possible leave a review wherever you're listening to this, whether it's SoundCloud, iTunes, Acast, Stitcher, or wherever. Um, Thank you so much to those of you that already have and that continue to download and listen to the podcast. It really means a lot a lot uh, to me to know that you guys are continuing to join in uh, the conversation to um, support the podcast and support those guys that come on and share their stories as well. So thank you so much for that. This week, we're going to be joined by another new guest. Annalie is going to be joining us from the Piglitish podcast. Uh, you may remember about nine months ago, I think I went over to... Um, Annalie's podcast, uh, spoke about my experience with mental health. Um, so it's really cool to now have Annalie come on to the Mojo podcast and share a little bit about her story and how things are going, but also about some of the cool new projects and opportunities that she's got going on. We also have a little bit of a general chat about what it's like being a mental health advocate, um, particularly online, um, and some of the struggles that might come along with that as well. But the amazing side that comes with I guess promoting and encouraging those conversations to happen obviously while we're there but also while we're not um, so it's really great to have an opportunity to work alongside and to share and promote another podcast that's kind of focused in on mental health um, but also some of the other stuff that Annalie does away from the kind of the mental health world um, hearing a little bit about her other podcast um, Two Girls Zero Fucks Um, and some of the other cool stuff that she's involved with as well. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Um, As always, all of the links are going to be in the description and at the end of the episode, so make sure you hang around and get those if you don't already have them. And do go and check out Annalise's podcast and all of the stuff that she's doing as well. So 
thank you for being part of this journey thank you for listening and downloading and here is this week's episode so just start off by asking yeah just how your day or how your week's gone really good is that you asking or are you yeah, saying yeah yeah that could be me asking <laughs> <laughs> it's that kind of casualness today I can't oh it's Monday <laughs> well my week my week's been quite nice actually is, is it Monday oh god mm. <laughs> my week's felt long for yeah. a Monday um yeah my week's been quite nice I've been up in North Wales which is where I grew up I now live in Cardiff I think last time I spoke to you I probably lived in Sheffield mm. Um, but I've I've been spending a lot of time with family and friends recently. I think some things have happened over the last few years that have made people like the centre of my focus. So I just try and spend as much time with people that I care about as possible, um, which is what I've been doing. So how's your week been? Um, same as you, actually. A couple of times today I thought it was Tuesday or Wednesday, which I just... That's really bad on a Monday, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's not um, it's not too bad. It's kind of busy without being too manicky this week. Um, yeah, it's all right. It's not too bad. I've got a couple of days of leave at the end of the week as well, which is really nice. Going to look at houses. Um, so yeah, it's, it's busy times. It is busy times. The um, the efforts that are going into keeping. The house I'm in at the moment, tidy, uh, probably for most people wouldn't be a lot, but for me it feels like a lot of effort. Um, yeah. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's not too bad. But I've seen, uh, I saw a couple of your pictures, you were out, I guess this is part of the recent relocation with the, the houseboat. Yes, well, I'm not living on that. My my auntie's living on a boat in uh in london on the grand union canal and oh my god it's the coolest thing (laughs) i'm just like how are you so bohemian this is so much fun but really nice like way to experience london completely different to anything i've done before yeah does it's i i've i think i've been on a couple of houseboats before but always in you're kind of on the edge of what i would call rural areas yeah Um, so yeah never anything like London, I just imagine it's a completely different way to experience the city, I guess. Oh, yeah. You don't feel like you're in a city until you step away from the canal. So it's actually quite a nice, peaceful way of experiencing London. And she gets to live in central London without paying, you know, those awful yeah. rent prices. And to have your own space as well. Yeah. So I think some of the... Um, I've got a couple of friends that have lived in London for sort of a couple of years at a time. And the apartments, some of them are, some are quite nice, but most of them aren't. And they're yeah. so expensive. And oh, it's yeah. just like, it really is, uh, it feels like people go there for the experience or to say that they've done it. And it's like, I can only afford to do that for a couple of years. And I'm like, yeah, but surely you'll go in there because it's the like good money and an environment and, it shouldn't be like, oh, I'm going to go there for a couple of years and burn out and then I'm going to have to come back. I don't know. It's a strange... Yeah, yeah. Well, she's been, she was living in a shared house for so long and um, the landlord was like selling the house and she just thought, well, I don't want to rent again. So she bought a houseboat, kind of around £20,000, which is like what people save. Wouldn't, mm. That would be nowhere near a deposit on a place in London, would it? You know? No. And she now has her own home and... 
I just think it's such a lovely way to go about it. Yeah. We say, imagining, I imagine in London you're looking at probably a couple of grand for rent every month, maybe. I don't know. I mean, she was paying, I think, somewhere in the region of 600 for just a room in a house. Yeah. Um, which is less than, you know, my whole properties have been in most places I've lived. Mm, mm. That's but, what, yeah. <laughs> I don't oh, know why we're, in, we're into some weird... <laughs> we've got into... <laughs> some weird homes under the hammer. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I used to uh. make me chuckle when you see that programme and they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to build it all up and turn it around in three months. And I'm like, okay... I know. I can't even start I, on my wardrobe in three months. Look, I know I don't know anything, but I do know yeah. you're not doing that in three months. Yeah. <laughs> and like, come back, and it's like, oh, it's exactly as it was before. We we haven't actually started the work yet. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Some people do achieve huge turnarounds, but I think it's often. Uh, I suppose that's why they run there, though, aren't they? To make it look. Like yeah. Actually, it's more difficult than you think, and all that business. Yeah, yeah. Um, but away from houses and property. <laughs> <laughs> when did we become property uh, gurus? Uh, <laughs> it's um, it's definitely the core focus of um, both of the things that we we, we talk about very often. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am quite well known for my property conversations. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but obviously, a lot of people will already know you, will know your voice. Um, it'd be interesting to hear, um, for those people that maybe aren't as familiar with you, Emily, like who you are and, and some of your, your story um, leading up to today. Yeah, um, well, I have uh, my own mental health awareness podcast called Piglatish that's been on the back burner since, I think, around October last year. Um, where I do something similar but not the same as yours. Like I think we have a lot of parallels, don't mm. we, in our content mm. and things, but we both explore them in slightly different ways. I think you in a slightly more professional way, but I don't know if you'd agree with that. <laughs> I think I think you're not the professional side. I very much doubt that. Um, but I think it's it's yeah, there are similar, I guess, similar aims. Like we both just want to sit down and have those conversations. Yeah, and just the the very fact that we are different people means we approach those in different ways. Oh, um, of course, yeah. And I always find it interesting when when you talk to other people that do things similar. They're like, "Oh, is there a like a conflict in terms of someone else got some?" I'm like, "Do you know how many like football podcasts there are, or whatever?" And I'm like the fact that there are two or three or four that you think are very slightly similar, I was like. You want there to be the 20 podcasts that are quite similar that are talking about the same thing because that's what we all want to do. We want to start those conversations. Oh, yeah. And do you know what I love is that we quite often, we've had a few guests cross over, quite mm. a few. Um, and I love that because you get to hear like different perspectives and I get to hear questions you've asked that maybe I haven't thought of and I'm sure that would, that would apply both ways. And I, yeah. I love it. I think I don't see... Um, any kind of cause of activism, which, you know, the mental health community is a branch of trying to fight for a cause and a really important one, clearly. Um, you, I don't think that you can be competitive in that kind of, um, not era, what am I trying to say? You can't go into something like this and then want to be 
competitive yeah. you have to you have to be able to celebrate other people's successes and I think sometimes you do see people in the community struggle with that mm. and you kind of know that that's gonna um affect them negatively because of course it's you're not fighting for the cause for the right reasons if you're going to be competing with people who are fighting alongside you it just seems really silly to me I think it comes back to that I guess it's that um so it's what's what's the purpose like why why are you doing what you're doing is it because you enjoy it and you just want to do it for fun is it because you're passionate about like you say the, the cause or trying to um evoke some sort of reaction within people um is it for yourself and it can be and that's okay um but i i often think yeah like the thing is is to encourage other people to talk and to be able to sort of look across and go oh but there's already there's other people that are already having a conversation how amazing is that um and like you say actually there have been times when there's been uh shared guests but also um like podcaster crossovers with different episodes and um i know like i've come on to yours before and we've had um guests we've had quite a few guests i think that have appeared on both yeah um and there's a couple of other podcasts um i've crossed over with before as well and it's just a really nice it's a really nice way to um kind of encourage those conversations to happen and to carry on i think and if you sort of say no, it's my conversation. I'm the one that's leading it. Think, um, yeah, that's a slightly different approach, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not an approach that would work, I don't think. Yeah, Can you it's, it's different. It's different. Um, but no, I think it's it's really nice to, to have that and to see, um, like you say, you hear a guest that you've sat down and you've spoken to for an hour and gone, oh, it's really interesting, da-da-da, learn all this. And then you hear them on someone else's podcast. You just happen to sort of talk about something else and a different part of their story or their life kind of comes out or a different view that they have. Um, and it's like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know that. And it's quite interesting that that comes out at certain times as well. I think in, you know, you're not going to learn everything or hear everything from someone in 20 minutes, 40 minutes or however long you've kind of sat down with them for. Um so to have that opportunity for them to continue to be involved by other podcasts, I think it's really good. Oh, yeah. And this podcast, this crossover with me coming on your podcast, it's been what, a long time in the making. Mm. And um, mostly due to neither neither me being able to manage my calendar or when I do manage it, be able to remember. <laughs> <laughs> I'm currently on a boat. <laughs> oh, well, that's not going to work, is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that you know, but actually, if we had spoke, it was what was it this time last year that you came on my podcast? Uh, if I'd immediately su- jumped was early, onto your, yeah, I think it was summertime-ish, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if I'd then. managed to kind of jump onto your podcast in the weeks following that. Mm. I, I would be in a different place to what I am now and that's probably quite weird as well because I will I have crossed over onto other podcasts and people that have maybe maybe heard me there yeah I'm in a very different place now um than I was back then so mm. I think just because mental health is a journey every time you hear someone I'm sure that I've had guests who've crossed over to yours mm. who might be in a different place at what at the point yeah. that they do mm. I've certainly had um Maddie 
twice on mine at very different stages of her recovery. Mm. And I think it's quite nice to be able to check in with someone further down the line. It's nice as well, because I think sometimes the first time you there's a lot of backstory to to cover and to introduce someone and then it's almost like the second time is a chance to to some extent have a more relaxed and a more casual conversation um because kind of that introduction I guess has already happened yeah yeah and I was supposed to be kind of introducing myself wasn't I and we've gone on a tangent again but it wasn't about rental oh yeah we skipped that bit haven't we we skipped (laughs) We skipped the introduction, but yeah, tell us about you. <laughs> um, so I, I've i been raising men- awareness for mental health, which is a cause really close to my heart for a few reasons. I grew up with a mum who had borderline personality disorder and her suicide attempts were a theme um, in my my whole life, my childhood, particularly my teenage years. And then she passed away not by suicide, Um When I was 19, she passed away very suddenly and um, that kind of, it really made me have to grow up quite quickly when I was, and probably was one of the things that made me vulnerable to um, the guy who I ended up with in an abusive relationship with when I was 23. And he kind of, um, well, he was physically abusive and financially abusive Um, emotionally abusive all the kind of different types of abuse and it was a pretty intense three three and a half years and when I came out of that I realized that oh I have to focus on my mental health now I'd always lived with with anxiety disorders um, but I thought that I'm gonna die if I don't focus here on fixing myself because I was in the throes of this PTSD and scared of everything scared of leaving the house um Regular suicidal thoughts, regular thoughts of self-harm, very, very difficult time for me. And so mostly I think I started to um, probably express my own thoughts and feelings. I started blogging and I think I'd written maybe 10 posts before I was even brave enough to kind of put it on Facebook or whatever. Mm. Um And the response was overwhelming. I didn't actually immediately start talking about the abuse. I first started talking about really little things that made me anxious. Things like um, getting mail. Mail is something that makes me anxious. You know, getting post. I don't know why I'm talking like an American. Um, But getting, getting post makes me anxious. I'm always worried about what's inside it. Things like answering the phone. Those are little, little anxieties that some people might not be able to understand but what became very clear to me was that way more people than I had imagined do understand it Mm. and I hadn't really come across this um, community of mental health blogging I I started writing sharing it on social media and I stumbled across this wonderful community where people seem for the most part or I would say actually the entire community supports one another in some way now not everyone's gonna get along Mm. all the time Mm. there are personality clashes and people don't like the way that different people do things but I think everyone goes into it with the right intentions I don't think you find yourself in mental health awareness unless you intend to break stigma in some way or help people in some way so I found this like amazing community on Twitter and my 
recovery journey was just completely accelerated by having so many people around me who understand, like many of whom I've met in person now and have become fast friends um, and who understand somewhat of what I'm going through or at least have the empathy and sympathy to not judge if they don't understand. And I think we've managed to build this real, like, community of um, fighters and love and compassion. I think it's amazing. I'm, I'm still baffled every day. I hear I, social media gets so much shit um, in the media, and mm. I guess that's natural because there will be a lot of trolling and bullying, and you do deal with a lot of people who dislike you as well but the overwhelming thing I've experienced is support online um and yeah so now what am I doing now I have I guess I went into building a following and um doing you know the blogging and podcasting and with the um view to be renowned or known as a mental health advocate was my kind of what I would call myself or a mental health campaigner um, and with the view to fight stigma. But that, while initially it accelerated my recovery, definitely over time became a heavy um, burden to carry or became a heavy kind of costume to wear. I guess costume might be the wrong word, but I think that there's you know, I, I've now taken a step back from just mental health advocacy. Um, I'm going back to my mental health podcast um, imminently. It'll be kind of in the next month that I should release my first episode of my kind of return to it. But I've had to focus on other things and not put pressure on myself to deliver weekly content because the I think the biggest thing for me is there is an expectation on you if you are meant if you're a mental health advocate or you call yourself a mental health advocate even though what that should mean is you're someone who has struggled or who wants to help people who are struggling what a lot of people see it as is that you should behave impeccably and always get it right and be some kind of martyr or some kind of angel you should be some kind of you know always giving yourself to others which is completely ridiculous, I think, because a lot of the time we're people who are living with our own mental health struggles and putting yourself first, I think, should be um, completely encouraged. Mm. But I was finding myself having criticism for... I was being criticised for um, all sorts, and you have to welcome some level of feedback if you say something that is actually offensive you want to you want to be able to correct yourself um, on things like committed suicide. That's something we've all learned is not a phrase that we use because it's not a crime. And that's something that the first time I was called out for it, you know, you want to be grateful for that mm. kind of feedback. However, I've heard people tell me that certain song lyrics I, that I like and tweet are problematic, you know, um, certain that I shouldn't swear on the Internet because sometimes just because I'm a girl, but very often because I'm a mental health advocate, that I shouldn't express myself around my own um, triggers or my own um, self thoughts of self-harm, etc., because I might trigger other people, that I shouldn't 
or a big one is that I shouldn't um, highlight the gaps in the service because I might discourage people from reaching out. Mm. And it seemed that whichever, as my following grew, whichever kind of direction I wanted to express myself in, there was a backlash every time. And, you know, people would be blocking me or people would be saying things to me and it just became too much. And I just thought, you know what, I'm still going to fight the stigma, but I'm not going to make it the centre of what I do on the internet anymore because it's too it's taking its toll on me and it, it was really sending me into some dark places sometimes mm, there's so it's so difficult isn't it when it's that thing that you've got into like you say likelihood of that you being affected or you know someone that's affected or you're just hugely passionate about it you've got a reason that you're there and your reason could be very different to somebody else's but you are there for a reason and that um is often some sort of I think I always think of it as being like an emotional tie um like when you see people doing fundraising um and awareness stuff around cancer uh multiple sclerosis like learning difficulties mental health whatever I always think it's not because someone sat in a class and they've learned something about this and suddenly gone, I'm going to get involved. It's because no. it's because they've been affected directly or indirectly and they are emotionally passionate about it. Um, and we, like you say, we've got involved in conversations where we aren't educated about it until we start having them and we, and we learn as we go. Yeah. Um, and there is, there are times, yeah, we've, I um I deliver training with somebody else and we have times where it slips out and we'll say um the phrase commit suicide um but because it's training we'll correct ourselves and we'll do that very verbally so everyone knows that we're correcting ourselves and then it makes it kind of that friendly environment we say actually look there's nothing wrong with saying some of these phrases because actually it's a historical thing that you know you've all been brought up on don't be afraid of saying something wrong but also be educated about it and yeah encouraged to learn more if someone winces when you say something or you feel like you're not sure about something have a look ask them a question um because there will be stuff that we do now that in a year's time or three years time we look back and go oh that was really inappropriate or i wouldn't do that (laughs) um and it's it's that side i think you can only judge on you can only judge to on today's standards today can't judge last week on today's standards because they were different of course and if I if I I'd be a lot more embarrassed if I hadn't grown in three years than if I said something wrong and had to look back and correct myself you know Mm. if I in in a year's time have to go back to something I've said right now today and and apologize for it I, I would be much more confident in myself than if right now I'm the same person as I am in a year. I'd like to yeah. hope that I grow and learn every day, you know, yeah. on some level. Um, but it's this idea, I think, that that a campaigner of mental health or a mental health advocate or someone who's talking about mental health on the internet, it's this idea that they have to be perfect I don't know if you've come across yeah. this, but I, I find it in a slightly different way to you. Um, yeah. But I see it in a way that um, you have to act as though you are uh, like a qualified, experienced professional. 
Yes. Um, when often, not all the time, but often, people are volunteers that are, without meaning to be offensive, uneducated. Um, yeah. It's, it's learn experience. Um, yeah. They don't have a college, a university degree around mental health or around science or the body or the mind um, or sociology or psychology or whatever else um, uh, that they've not had experience working in hospitals or GP surgeries it's just someone that works in the shop or the cafe or wherever Um, it's it's normal people with traditional jobs with whatever a normal family is um, and they've suddenly been affected by something they don't know about, become passionate about it, and now want to share that awareness. And it's like, oh, but you need to be available 24-7. And if someone sends you a message, you've got to reply to that straight away because you don't know what's going to happen to that person. And I think you said about, oh, you can't use certain phrases because um, this is going to offend some people. And, and it's like, well, yeah, that's a learned thing. And I think, like you said with the... Like the commit suicide thing, I would like to think that someone would go, I know this is not how it would go. Um, they go, actually, like that's really problematic for some people. This is why. Um, have you thought about using other rather than you're a hateful person and you hate all people and blah, 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 And that's probably where it does end up going. Um, yeah. And it's, yeah. it's that side of, like you said, I think you said about the, like there's useful uh, you were kinder about this <laughs> but there is essentially there's useful and kind feedback where people are actually like I like your podcast I like listening to you but I would also like it to maybe be a bit more appropriate um have you thought about doing this and then there are yeah. people that are like ah oh, you've made a mistake I can pull you up on that <laughs> and it's yeah. like it's just a very different way of of um I guess engaging with people and are they really that keen on listening or being part of the conversation or is it just someone that's like yep I'm gonna slaughter you now Um, oh yeah and there's straight up abuse as well and to you know when you talk about your mental health online you do become you shouldn't I absolutely don't think you should be but you you are a target for Mm. certain trolls certain abuse I've been added to lists of like I mean, we've all seen them, you know, lists where people have been like batshit crazy people. (laughs) I'm on that list and stuff. I don't really give a shit about that. But the idea that if somebody sends me abuse, that I shouldn't tell them to fuck off because I'm a mental health advocate Mm. seemed like completely wild to me. And I was just like, well, no, I don't I don't want to label myself then with something where I have to be submissive to other people's abuse because they might be suffering. I don't give a shit. Like I I obviously don't want anyone to be suffering, Mm. but I'm not there to fix the world. I I'm here to look after myself and to draw attention to stigma and to stand up for the people I care about. And of course to, you know, stand up for people who are respectful towards me, but I don't think I should let people hurl abuse at me without show, you know, why should I? And it just, it's it's also that side of different approaches to certain things because I think, uh, yeah, I would probably not react in as much of an aggressive way. However, 
I'm also very consciously aware that I don't receive and haven't or haven't received as much of that negative um, attack yeah. uh, kind of communication. Um, and I've spoken mm-hmm. about this before with a couple of people with regards to like sexist comments and stuff. And yeah. I've sort of said, oh, I wouldn't react in that way. And I don't, I understand it's bad, but I don't know that I would react like that. But it's the fact that I'm going, yeah, but that's once every so often for me. If it's Mm. every hour for them, there comes a point where your tolerance and your ability to be neutral is, like, exhausted. And I think that's also really important because it isn't like you're going back on all of those people (laughs) that are coming forward. It's going to be one or two that just push you at the right time or the wrong time. Oh, yeah. And say the wrong thing. Um and I'll never attack. They usually will just get told to fuck off. You know, it's never... <laughs> and it's amazing how how offended people become by being told to fuck off. But really, you know, what response did you expect? I'll never be like, well, you and your, you know, face. And <laughs> like, I'll never research them. You and your and face. Say anything. <laughs> yeah. It will never be a personal yeah, yeah, attack. Yeah, I'd, I'd just yeah, stick with fuck off. <laughs> yeah. I just can't. It just comes to a point where I think, well, I'm not going to ignore it because I don't want. Also, I don't want other people who follow me and also get that kind of abuse to think that they have to put up with it. If that makes sense. And it's just such a it's such a weird thing where I just decided I don't I want to shake this um, mental health advocate kind of label off myself. And I think for the last few months, I've just been being as kind of crude and <laughs> inappropriate as I can be online so that people know what to expect from me now. Um, and then I will still continue to fight for awareness because it is something I'm so passionate about. And, you know, I think I saw um, a debate in the House of Commons last week, I think on the 9th of April, and like eight eight MPs turned up to debate young people's mental health. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm that kind of thing still disgusts me. I will still fight for awareness. Yeah. But I think I wanted to add another element to my online presence so yeah. that people knew what to expect from me. And the people who are looking for this kind of angelic persona mm. to follow, they can create that or be that for themselves because I think it's unfair to expect your advocates not to be human and to um, turn your back on them when they show their own vulnerabilities yeah. or just their personality that's it as well yeah. yeah although from that description i have to tell you the instant thing that came to my mind was uh daniel radcliffe when he did women in black and you were like they've got this innocent picture of me in their mind and i just wanted to shed that completely and i was like it's radcliffe isn't it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, let's just go and do this really gruesome horror film it's really yeah. batshit scary <laughs> Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> oh dear, I'm sure he did that. And did he do the? Um, oh, he, he did a lot. He did a play where was he was Equi- nude, Equius or something. Yes, yeah, the nude play. Yeah. Oh dear, well, I saw that, one, that, but not with Daniel Radcliffe. I think it was Alfie Allen was the Daniel Radcliffe character when I went and saw that. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm probably not going to go and do that. Um, 
But I, I'm not totally ruling it out either. If that's what I need to do. It's good to keep the options open, I think, at this stage. Mm, absolutely. <laughs> oh, you never know where your career is going to go, so you no. should never rule anything out. No, yeah, you can always say it's less likely or it's not where you're going at the moment, but, yeah, don't say never. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess kind of linked into that, in that I guess that growth of character has also led to uh, another podcast that you're doing at the moment as well. I don't know if you wanted to speak about that. Um, yeah, me and Ida, who is another mental health blogger, um, she is amazing, Ida Weissen, and I'm sure people will have heard of her. And um, we have a podcast, it's called Two Girls No Fucks. It's very much us not giving a fuck on the internet, and it's uh, very... It epitomizes, I think, this kind of journey I've done into debauchery. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we just we are talking mostly about our return to the world of dating, following both of us having been through abusive relationships. But our approach is very different to that of Pigwoodish. It's very, um, I would say, it's a comedy podcast because. Mm. I think it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's crude, it's brash, it's very it's very detailed. It's a lot of nothing happening and us anal- overanalyzing the nothings that happen. Um, yeah, and it's great fun. We've got PTSD Awareness Month coming up, I think, in June. And, you know, we, we are determined to raise some awareness for co- while we're doing it. And I think in recent episodes, we have alluded to the abuse. We will be talking about it. But it's kind of a um, slightly different project for me mm. in that it's not mental health focused necessarily. But, you know, mental health comes into most things you do in life. And so it does come up. Yeah, no. it must be nice as well to have that sort of, like you say, a different approach to something. Fine, like mental health can be part of that. It can be part of the conversation, but it doesn't have to be your whole focus all of the time. And I think that's really important, especially when we're talking about um, kind of the work that you've done, but also other advocates. And it's that side of just, yeah, it's great. It's all great. But having that balance of, of not letting that become your everything I think and kind of you become invested in potentially your illness sometimes and it's making sure that you're not preventing your own recovery I think that's really important oh yeah I definitely was preventing my recovery and I was seeing I was kind of seeing um I think I was seeing that my sacrifice as a this is this is so weird but I think I was fully ready to just except like see the system doesn't want me to recover the government don't want me to recover the services aren't supporting my recovery so why the fuck should I recover and then Mm. I realized after some time in that place that I should be recovering for me and for the people that love me and it's it is easy to get lost in the rabbit hole of mental health and to be surrounded by other people who are struggling and I think sometimes it's easy to get um I don't know what I'm really trying to say but sometimes it's easy to see nothing but hopelessness around Mm, you mm. I think especially when when you're doing something um 
like when we've spoken about the, the podcast side, where it's slightly different to the blogging, where you're you are surrounding yourself with other people, so you've got your own story that you're sharing, but you're also sharing theirs, and you want to share that struggle that they've had. And there isn't always a shiny ending um, at no. the end of it. There's not always a, and now I'm better, or now I don't feel like that, or I don't experience that. Sometimes it is just, I understand it a bit more, or I don't struggle with it quite as much. Um, yeah. And I think it is it is easy to, like you say, surround yourself with that and let that become everything to you. And I think it is important sometimes to be able to step back and go, actually, yes, this is really important, but it isn't everything. Like There, there is yeah. another part of you that enjoys talking about TV or going for a walk or talking about sex or whatever there are different parts of you and there are different things that you enjoy doing and want to do it's not all this um and I think I don't know I feel like that's really important yeah and I I I think I thought that like you know my uh people are dying this is important I need to put my whole life on hold to save these people Jesus like it was it was overwhelming me I was like oh god like another another person has died and you know it's it how can I stop this happening put all my energy into being there for people on the internet and then I took it you know it came to a point where I burnt out really badly which was around the time of the mind awards um The week leading up to that, I'd been feeling suicidal. And then I thought, I have to get myself out of bed and to these awards. Um, I went there. And then I thought, I can't do this anymore. I need to take a step back. I took that step back. And I obviously stayed following all the people I've been following online. But I stopped talking as much about mental health. And I looked around me and I thought, actually, I've stopped doing it. And I've... You know, the world hasn't fallen apart. Mm. There are many, many, many amazing advocates who are holding up this fort that I don't know why I thought it was my job to single-handedly, you know, Mm. uh, give everything to. And I thought, well, this is very much a team effort and I don't have to be pushing myself when I'm not well because I should just be giving bits of myself when I feel up to it because there's plenty of people doing it now we're making some we are making some noise but it's an uphill battle when it Mm. comes to resources and things you've got amazing people like Claire Easton and Hope Virgo's Jump the Scales campaign and you know just so much going on in the mental health community um like Paul McGregor's videos and things. There's there's just an absolute um, huge vari- variation. Mm. What am I trying to say? There's like a huge um, choice of different advocates that will represent you. And I thought as well, oh my god, I have to rep- I have to be able to appeal to everyone, but I don't. I have to appeal to who I appeal to. Yeah, and that's fine because you know. Um, like myself and I think the last podcast I did actually was with a guy who had PTSD and he was my first and only PTSD guest and he was a um he's a soldier Mm -hmm. an ex ex army veteran and he is absolutely amazing but he can appeal to troops in a way that I would never be able to yeah 
and I can appeal to different people in a way that he would probably, you know, that people who are victims of abuse might not turn to him because he's a very masculine um, man representing a particular part of society and, you know, different people would appeal to different people and I think the more voices we've got, the better, really. Mm. And you see, we've all got our own preferences. There are different things that we will prefer speaking to or listening to different um different voices um and i i still smile every time someone gets in the car and i've got the sat nav on and they're like oh is that an australian accent i can hear and i'm like yep because i don't like the english and the american one (laughs) (laughs) and like so you'll you'll either be hearing uh, a northern irish or australian accent when my sat nav is on (laughs) yeah and it's just yeah you have that preference and i think that's okay like you say some people would maybe respond to uh, a very masculine uh, male um, and other people will want something different and that's completely okay and I think kind of comes back I guess to the beginning of the conversation of actually we're encouraging more people to to get involved in in conversations and by doing that it does um, I guess lessen the pressure that some people might feel of I need to do everything um i remember talking to someone uh, a little while ago about the um i think i've said this before about the um heads together campaign and uh yeah. the, the princes started and they were talking about how they thought that created all of this awareness around the country and i was like i don't i really don't think it did i think the awareness was already there we'd kind of got to that stage where there was a real sense of awareness it probably helped that but I think it started to give people permission to talk about it. Oh, it's okay to talk about it because because they're talking about it. I don't think before that people didn't know about depression and anxiety. No. I think just gradually we're learning actually there are other illnesses. People are affected to different levels. Oh, I'm allowed to talk about this. I can share my experience. Um, and I think the, the more people that are having conversations that are talking openly about whether it's a severe illness or it's something that you just struggle with here and there um, and it's symptoms uh, I think yeah the more people that are talking about it the the more we are going to change the culture I guess around mental health and, and that for me is the important thing absolutely I think we are changing it I'd say that like over the last I think I've been doing this now for two years um And the thing that I've noticed that has definitely changed in my social circles in the last two years is I never would have heard, you know, when people don't want to come on a night out or they can't make it somewhere. Mm. And, you know, people, the world was rife, it seemed, with migraines and stomach bugs. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I've gradually seen less and less of that and more like I don't feel up to it. Mm. I'm feeling anxious. I feel down today. I don't want company today. And I'm seeing more and more of that. And I think, well, we've all miraculously (laughs) cured our stomach bugs here. And I used to lie and say I was sick when Mm. I wasn't sick, Mm. um, physically sick um, when I wasn't. And I think it's becoming more acceptable to have your um, mental health kind of as a reason for certain behaviours or certain inability to do things. I think that's amazing as well not to be able to just openly say it and I I that's what I've seen in my social circles I don't know if that's a national or global (laughs) change that's happened yet but 
I hope that it can be for people. I hope so. I think. I think so. I think. Um, I think that is happening. I think we um, we probably have to be aware. Sometimes I've definitely noticed it in the last couple of months. I feel um, I got to the stage. I was like, "This everyone's so aware. There's so many conversations. This is not job done, but we're really getting there." And then yeah. you have a conversation with someone, and you're like, "Whoa, we're we're not there at all." Actually, I feel that way because the people that I now surround myself with yeah. feel and act in that way, but the people outside of that circle don't. Absolutely. Um, and it's, it's like it's how we're always aware. surprised. Yeah. We're always surprised when someone like Trump gets in because we surround, obviously we're not American, but you surround yourself with the same kind of socioeconomic like, demographics mm. as yourself, don't you? Mm. Same kind of generally... You'll surround yourself with people who have similar-ish political affiliations to you. Most of my friends would be, you know, left-ish leaning at at least and, you know, passionate about things like mental health, feminism, causes. Mm. I have a lot of friends who are into different causes, who are very green thinking and... Mm. That kind of that kind of vibe, and sometimes it's very easy to kid yourself that the whole world is liberal and progressive and supportive of LGBTQ plus rights, and you know, watching Drag Race on a Friday night. But there'll still be people who are, you know, YouTube videoing Nigel Farage, I'm sure. And you <laughs> I don't know. understand how he's still a thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I no. saw. Was it? The end of last week, he's like started up another party and he's like campaigning and yeah. hard. I don't understand how he's a thing. I don't understand. You know, no. like we said, like some people think differently to us. That's cool. That's okay. Like you need yeah. that in the world. But I don't understand how there are enough people <laughs> that think that what he is is like, oh, good. I don't know. <laughs> Just... Well, it's just looking at people like um, Piers Morgan and Katie Hopkins and oh. they're somehow relevant yeah. to mm. someone. And that that baffles me. Mm. But then I think, actually, that's important too, isn't it? Because, I mean, not that, they, not that they're important, but it's important to be aware that there are people that we need to reach out to who are not similar to us. And, yeah. you know, not to isolate them, but to bring them into the conversation as well which is why you know if someone doesn't approach me with total abuse i even if they disagree with me they won't always get a fuck off you know (laughs) that's reserved (laughs) for special special moments of complete impatience with someone but yeah you can have a really good conversation with someone that you have a very clear different line of thought or disagreement with you can still have a really good conversation and come to the conclusion that actually we both think different things. Um, it's when that lack of understanding or lack of respect on one side falls and someone kind of goes with the, like, oh, it's okay that you think that, but you are wrong. And it's like, well, yeah. that that's when, because there's an element of judgment on, on what you're thinking. And I think that's really hard, especially when you're really passionate about things, because there are times when I think, I'm listening to someone, I'm like, I can respect that that's your view and that's completely okay, but it is wrong that you think that. And I'm like, well, that's it's my judgment and you've got to kind of hold that back to some extent because you're like, it's not going to help the conversation. Um, no. But Which is exactly why when we see people saying commit suicide, mm. we need to 
sometimes point them in the direction that that's not the correct thing to say but also sometimes allow that slip of kind of the um the what what they're saying because sometimes those words don't take away from you know the sentiment of what they're saying and i the last thing i'd want is for people to be scared of joining in a conversation yeah because they're worried about the words they use that is something that if you are engaged in the mental health community you should absolutely trying be trying not to use the phrase committed suicide and if you're in the media or you have a platform where you have the privileges to be able to educate yourself. Mm. But if it's your first time talking about mental health or someone's first time reaching out about losing someone to suicide, yeah. then we absolutely don't need the first response they get to be. We well, shouldn't say that. <laughs> yeah. I've of just course. like sat here and like opened up to you for the first time and like feel really emotional. And the first thing you're going to do is correct my grammar or my use of language is yeah. exactly um, and I think it's it's important that we don't isolate people like that because I think that it can be intimidating not you know and th- some people will say offensive things with the intention to be offensive but some yeah. people will say it because they're trying to stumble their way to the right thing and to expressing yeah. themselves and it, you can't pick out which of those people is the kind one always on Twitter yeah. or on, you know, especially not in written form on no. whatever platform. And I think it's about trying to, always trying to go into a conversation with an open mind. But I mean, again, we're not perfect, are we? I'm sure you'll see a lot of me swearing at people on the internet for <laughs> years to come. <laughs> Something to look forward to, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel a little bit cheeky, but I'm going to round it off on that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dearie me. Looking forward to all of the swearing in the future. Many, many times. Um, It's been nice to sit down and and have a conversation and hear a bit more from you. And I think, um, we like you said, we've tried a couple of times and um, it hasn't quite happened. But hopefully we'll get an opportunity again, whether it's vice versa or combined or however... Um, to have another conversation again sooner than the last one we had, which probably yeah, was I about a year that. ago. Um, but yeah, it'd be um, really nice to have another conversation. But if people want to find out a little bit more about you and they don't already follow you or know your website and all that sort of stuff, um, where can they go to, to find out a bit more about you? I would encourage people to be on Twitter because that's where the swearing happens. Um <laughs> So that's at Piglettish, which is like Piglet and then I-S-H. And uh, my website's at piglettish.com. My everything can be found about me by searching Piglettish, basically. Uh, the mental health podcast, which will be kicking off again in the next month or so, is called Piglettish. Again, <laughs> very easy. And then there's Two Girls No Fucks, which is me and Ida talking about not giving a fuck, basically. <laughs> Okay, I can't quite get over the, the, the no fucks part because I've always read that as zero fucks. So it sounds really weird to me that you word it like that now because I'm like, I read it as zero fucks when I read it on the on the, um, on the the Twitter handle. Yes, it is because two girls no fucks were ta- was taken oh, off the Twitter handle. Okay, okay. Um, but the podcast is called no- Two Girls No Fucks. Oh, and in okay. fact, it's called Two Girls No F, asterisk, asterisk, oh. KS, because of uh, iTunes and their silly, silly 
<laughs> policies of no swearing. <laughs> silly, silly food. Mm. <laughs> um, no, it's been lovely to, to sit down and have a chat. And thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing your thoughts and your experiences. Well, thank you for having me. It's been nice to talk to you as well. No worries. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. These are real people. They do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. She's not a great match for me, and that's okay. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so mm. they can't appreciate it. Yeah. It's difficult dealing with our minds. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. I feel like a lot of the friends that I did have have sort of stopped speaking to me because of it and the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. Not only did this help me to write it, mm. it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. And then she was like, okay, tell me a bit about what's going on. So I told her everything and her face dropped. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. And I think people realise how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, and then they want to talk about it.